0: Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. You are our focus. We want you to know that you matter in the world and that you're important to the world. We're here to remind you of just how valuable and needed you are right now. Help us to help others. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, post, Tweet, pin, let everyone know how amazing Angel Heart Radio is. So again, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is sponsored by angellight777.com. Welcome
1: everyone to Angel Heart Radio. I'm your host, Deb Goldberg. And it brings me great pleasure to be here with you today. And it's an honor to serve you in the highest way that I can by bringing you messages of divine love and blessings for your life. You are dearly loved, cherished, and blessed. We have a great show tonight, but first let me give you the call-in phone number if you would like to ask any questions or comments The number is 714-583-6858. Again, 714-583-6858. And we have two other podcasters on Angel Heart Radio. Anaya Joy Halili is the Angel Heart Radio's founder. She has a show on Fridays, USA time, 8 p.m., And Eastern and Saturday, 10 o'clock a.m. Queensland time. Tomorrow is, I believe, the end of the Ascended Masters series, and where um, she'll be talking about Jesus, and I will be joining her for that show, which will be actually 7 p.m. for Eastern time for the United States on tomorrow, Friday. And you can also reach Anaya on angellight777.com. That's her website. Annette McCoy show is also aired on Tuesdays, 8 p.m., USA Eastern Time, and Wednesdays, 10 o'clock a.m., Queensland Time. I'll be also hosting Annette's show on December 12th with Darren Snell again. And I hope you join us. We'll be talking about channeling. If you are interested in knowing more about me or working with me or my books, you can find me at goldberg.com You can find my books, Are You Ready to Listen? God and God's Covenant on Amazon. Volume 3, I hope, will be out within the next month, and it is called The Script the scripture of heaven. And this is a three book series uh called A Divinely Ordered Life. I'm very excited to get the series out. But I'm really excited about our show tonight. And it's on intuitive parenting with Dr. Lynetta Willis, who is my co host normally, uh bi weekly. And tonight the show is all about her and her um She's a psychologist and author of the children's book, My Forgotten Self, and creator of the Elemental Living, Parenting, and Personal Leadership Program. At a young age, Dr. Willis recognized her ability to easily use metaphors and imagery to simplify seemingly unrelated or complicated concepts. The Elemental Living Parenting and Personal Leadership Program is an innovative program that utilizes Dr. Willis's love of metaphors, brain science, and spiritual principles to make the journey of life and parenting less confusing and more intuitive. Now, who wouldn't like that? Welcome, Dr. Lynetta Willis. Hello, Deb. Great to be here with you once again <laughs> once again, yeah, it's been a little while. It's great to have you back on the show, and what's awesome is being able to introduce people to your new model for parenting. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited um for this, and I hope we have a lot of listeners because we i've I of course have children and grandchildren, but um. Parenting is not an easy task, and so anything that can make it more intuitive and uh, less confusing sounds awesome.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, it's interesting because I'm, I've, I'm aware that part of my purpose is to help parents and families feel more competent and more present um, during the moments that matter most. And I think in this life, in this day and age especially, it is so hard to feel that way. You know, with social media and all these other things, it's so easy to be shamed around or judged or to compare ourselves, especially in the realm of parenting, um, to how other people are doing or what other people are doing. And when our kids are just being kids, for better or for worse, you know, we can feel like I don't know what I'm doing. You know, this is completely off. Or we may be so you know, just tuned out, there are three things that I've come to realize when I work with parents that they really, really tell me that they want to, they want help on, and the first thing is, you know, this idea that childhood is just going by so fast, and because we're in such a fast-paced society, it is so easy to be a million miles away, you know, instead of where we are in the moment. So there's that sense of you know I I don't want to you know you know have my brain you know click out today and then tomorrow I wake up and my kids are going off to college you know I want to be able to be present. Um, I'm also hearing a lot of you know I'm I'm reading these books and I'm reading these parenting blogs that are supposed to be telling me what to do and I get it in the moment, but. When I go and I'm in those situations with my kids, all that goes out the window, and I just actually feel worse than I did when I started because now I know the information, but I can't apply it. Mm. And then the third thing I'm hearing a lot of is, you know, I don't want to, and this is, I think, the one that hits a lot of people. Like, I don't want to screw up my kids. I don't want to screw them up with my stuff. I don't want to screw them up with my angry reactions. I, you know, I want to close that gap between the parent that I am and the parent that I want to be.
3: Mm. And so
2: I'm really focusing on honing, I've really focused on honing um, this model that I've been gifted with to help parents with those three areas in a way that's not overwhelming, doesn't add one more annoying thing to the to-do list because it makes it more intuitive through the use
1: of metaphors. Mm. Okay. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. And those are, those are um, all, three important things that I think even when, you know, when I was parenting, because my kids are in their thirties, uh, mm-hmm. not really parenting anymore. <laughs> um, You're grandparenting, um, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, those are, those are things that I think as parents, we all ask ourselves, we always want to be a better parent. We want to do the best for our children. There's such willingness to be better and to mm-hmm. have our kids be better than we are. And um and you're right, because life is going at such a fast pace that and your kids just grow up in front of your eyes. I'm watching it now happen again with my grandchildren.
3: Yeah. That
1: yeah. you you just wanna you you feel like you you're missing out on all of these wonderful moments that you're talking about is is having meaningful meaning.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I always tell the parents that I, their families that I work with, you know, it's like at the end of our work together, I want you to be able to say, you know, I can confidently turn my reactions into intuitive actions. Um, I can be aware of myself. I can be aware of the moment. And with this model, I want them to be able to say, I can be aware of it all because I'm aware of the metaphor. And um, yeah, I, I'll start out by saying, though, you know, a lot of times people will look at me. I have friends and colleagues who look at me who have kids, and they're like, you know, you have this together. You don't know what it's like. And I'm like, you have no idea. (laughs) Um, My parenting journey actually started before I had kids. Um, I have a sister who is 20 years younger than me. And um, I was raised in a house store of community that had the mindset of what I call the four horsemen of parenting so a lot of times things like pain blame shame and avoidance were used and Mm -hmm. I don't say that with judgment I mean I believe definitely that my caregivers love me it's just what they that what they were taught and what they were used to and I remember um one day my sister was probably about five five or six and she had done something that just it made me so angry And I remember I looked at her and I just said, oh, it chokes me up even now to think about it, but I looked at her and I said, you know, I could just smack you. And I remember thinking, like, when I said it, I thought, wait, where did that come from? You know, where did that come from? And it was something that I had heard a few times, quite a few times growing up. Um, And there was another episode where she was, being a child, we were out in public somewhere, and I had gotten upset. We were playing, and she was being loud, and I was laughing with her. And I'd gotten upset about something that someone in the group had done, and she kept playing. And I turned to her, and I said, stop it. You know, and I, she just looked at me like, wait a minute, five minutes ago, you were laughing about this. I don't understand. You know, and I remember at that point saying, you know, I – want to raise my children differently from how I was raised. I want their experience to be different. Mm -hmm. So what I did was um, I did what any mental health professional does when they feel incompetent in a certain area. I specialized in it. And I went out and I took courses and workshops and I started coaching parents and all of this stuff. Um, And I felt like I had it all together. And then I had kids. <laughs> um something really funny. Brene Brown says, um, you know, um, I'm pretty sure the phrase parenting expert is an oxymoron. And <laughs> <laughs> it really solidified that for me in so many ways. And uh, you know, it was I had that same reaction that many of my clients talk about where they where I was like, I know this stuff and in the moment I do not know what to do. I'm feeling mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, so I remember you know, kind of plopping along in the parenting journey. And then one day, again, I get images before I get words. One day I was sitting in my living room, and I started to get what I, what is often called a divine download, and I could feel it coming on. So I went into my study, and I got out my whiteboard, and um, I started writing down. What I started writing were the elements, earth, air, fire, and water. And I wrote them on the board. And um, I, it didn't take me long to see that as I was writing, I was writing a lot of things about parenting. And I started to realize that, wow, this is a model that we can use or that I can use um, to help make parenting more intuitive. And the reason why I say that is because uh, metaphors are very powerful tools. They... Um, are something so even when our the reason why we can't remember the parenting let me start there the reason why it's hard for us to remember parenting information that we get out of books and blogs is because um, it's stored in the frontal lobe of our brain right so that's the part of our brain that holds all of the knowledge um, mm-hmm. but when we get really stressed out and overwhelmed that part of our brain shuts down
3: mm-hmm. I mean, if you think
2: about it this, this system was formed back when we were being chased by lions on the savannah so you don't need to do math when you're running away from a lion so that part of my brain shuts down (laughs) and the hindbrain kicks in um so when you're with your children as old and as primitive as we're not being chased by lions anymore but the brain still works the same way the part of your brain that holds all that information is shut down so we don't have access to it but what we do have access to are things that are highly familiar to us things that um, we don't have to think about, unless they're intuitive. They feel intuitive to us. So um, through this model, what I ended up doing is I ended up connecting different strategies and ideas to these metaphors of earth, air, fire, and water, and to help them work in a very fluid way so that even when we're under stress, we can still access um, information, things that we can do in that moment.
1: Okay. That sounds Mm -hmm. awesome. So can, can we get some examples? I know that, you know, you want to talk about the model and you were talking about it in three sections, but um, do you have examples of, for each section?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, um, like I said, it's, it's aware of myself, aware of the moment and aware of the metaphor. And so aware of myself, you know, that really has a lot to do with our triggers you know, as parents, it is so easy. Like I always say, you know, parenting is difficult. It's not complicated, but it's really difficult, meaning that
3: mm-hmm.
2: we, um, you know, it's, it's not complicated. It basically comes down to two things. It comes down to communication and connection. And communication is really just a form of connection. So it all, all parenting just really comes down to connection. But sometimes it's difficult to maintain that connection because our stuff gets in the way whether it's stuff from our childhood or stuff in the day, you know, our busyness or our stress, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, our stuff just gets in the way. So when I talk about being aware of ourselves, what it really is is about being aware of our triggers, being aware of what's coming up for us in the moment. I do this activity with parents. It's called Triggers on the Witness Stand. Mm
1: -hmm. And I won't go into the
2: whole thing to, to save time, but basically what ends up happening is when your child says something that triggers you, Okay, like, you can't make me do that or, you know, something that they just love to say. Um, you immediately stop and you focus, you name the emotions that come up within you. Um, so, for instance, I've actually had my children say that to me. You know, you can't make me do that. And in that moment, I'm aware that things like, you know, anger, sadness, exhaustion, you know, um, even a little bit of fear, you know, sort of bubble up in me. And I focus on we focus on those emotions and we even name them. So you can name them in your head, you can name them out loud. But when you actually name your emotions, you're more likely to speak and act for them than from them.
3: Right? Mm-hmm. Because you
2: acknowledge them. So it's about just stopping in that moment. And your child might think you're, you're look, you look a little weird, <laughs> not moving, mm-hmm. but it's better to stop because what that allows us to do is it allows us to gain an awareness of the bodily experience of what it's like to be triggered
3: mm-hmm. um, and
2: start to identify with that. Um, so being able to do that. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, I always say one of the main questions in the elemental living model is what is the purpose of the behavior that my kid is displaying. And, you know, I always say, you can't know their purpose if you don't acknowledge your pain, right? If you're mm-hmm. so caught up in your own pain and your own anxiety and your own frustration, there's no way you're going to get to, what is the purpose of this behavior that this mm-hmm. child is displaying right now?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so
2: that's really important. The second one is being aware of the moment. And... Um, You know, I don't know how many times I've been in a situation where my daughter's asked me a question, and I've been like, "Uh uh-huh. And she looked at me, and she's like, that wasn't a yes or no question. (laughs) Because I'm I'm not present. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I was not here, you know. And there's so many times where we're worrying about something or we're dealing with an issue or we're trying to finish up a project or we're just fantasizing, right? And we don't have Mm -hmm. that opportunity to just be focused.
3: Mm-hmm. And I know
2: this is that's super important. Um, there was that study that was done a while ago by the hospice nurse who would ask people who were dying, what's your greatest regret? And, you know, I always tell parents, you always discuss this with parents that I work with. And, you know, it's interesting because the first one was um, something around the lines of I never pursued my dreams and aspirations. That was the first regret. The second regret was I worked too much and I never made time for my family. That was the mm. second threat that people who were dying experienced. But now I think we're moving into an age where, as caregivers of children, we're becoming more aware, right? And we don't mm-hmm. have to wait yes. to see that, you know, I really do, this time is important, and I have dreams, aspirations, and desires that I want to live. And with the elemental living model, Um, You know, we really focus on this thing I call dynamic balance. You know, there's a way that you can have your dreams and aspirations um, as as well as being aware of your family. Um, And and really what we do with that is we focus a lot on dreams, values, needs, and what I call drainers, things that just kind of drain the life out of us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and, you know, we can do all of that. We can focus on those things and be with our kids, too. Uh, one thing that I I really like to give examples of things that we that parents can do, um, and one thing that I love to do with the parents I work with is it's an activity called parenting is my meditation, and because a lot of times parents I don't have time to meditate, you know, and my response to that is if you have five minutes to scroll through your social media news feed, you have time to meditate, but
3: mm-hmm. I
2: can't get it doesn't always feel that way, <laughs> so. Um, you know, what I always, with this exercise, what we do is you ask, like, okay, how much time per day will, do I want to spend with my kids? How much time will spending with my kids will feel good to me? Because a lot of times what happens is we feel guilty because, oh, I didn't spend enough time. And sometimes mm-hmm. we underestimate the amount of time that we did spend. But we start to feel guilty. Um, so being conscious about how much time is good time. And I just did this this past week through the Thanksgiving break, and I did this exact thing. I said, so for this whole week the kids are going to be home, and I literally wrote in my calendar, I want to spend one um, day one doing one mindful activity with them per day.
1: And I wrote <laughs> that
2: in the And so every single day I would wake up and I would have a discussion with the kids. My kids are five and nine. I would have a discussion like, okay, what do you want to do today? And I would pick up one mindful activity. And we would do it. So we did things like we painted. um, I watched them put on a play and I filmed it, um, you know, know, just different things like that. I swung on the swing with my daughter. And Mm -hmm. part of the reason why I remember those things is because I was mindful. And what I did in those moments was just like what you do if you were mindfully meditating. You know, you focus on your breath. If your mind drifts, you come back to it. There's no guilt, Mm -hmm. no judgment. Same thing with my kids. As I'm sitting there and I'm painting with them, there were many times my mind would drift. And I would notice it, and i just bring it back. You know, as I'm watching my kids put on this play, I'm noticing it. My mind drifts. Mm -hmm. I just bring it back. right? Right? No judgment. So mm-hmm. it's really allowing me to use these moments, these things that are going on anyway, to be mindful and to refocus right. my energy. On
1: yeah, my to stay pre- and stay present. Yeah, um, which is something everybody needs to practice, but um, because this trance keeps pulling us the other way. Yes! <laughs> uh, you know the ego keeps pulling us the other way. So uh, I think that's a great um, description that you gave of, you know, and you're talking about doing activities that are meaningful.
2: Right. Exactly, exactly. And I planned them, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I tell people, write it down. Don't just put it in your head. Write it down. And some people it may be one meaningful activity. It may be one conversation. It may be five activities, whatever it is. Do it to where, and I'm, what ended, this is the interesting thing that ended up happening. I ended up having more experiences with them um, that, were, that were meaningful, but I mm-hmm. felt good because those experiences in terms of this exercise were icing on the cake, right? Because I mm-hmm. knew if I have one mindful activity with you today, I will feel good. And that really helps with the guilt. And mm-hmm. right, that we often experience of, oh, I didn't spend enough time. I should be doing this. You know, at the end of the day, I could sleep because I said no. I said one mindful activity, and we did at least four. so mm-hmm. I did my one, so I feel good. Right. Um, you know, and so being able to to do that, um, you know, and the other thing that I'll say about that, too, that, that's helpful, and this sort of ties the the awareness of myself and awareness of the moment together, and then I'll move on to awareness of the metaphor, is that um, we are able, when we're aware of ourselves and we're aware of the moment, we can catch ourselves, right? Sometimes we catch ourselves before we do things that we that maybe aren't so great, and sometimes <laughs> not so much. Um, a good example of this for me, truth moment, about a month ago, I was... I was exhausted, I was super tired, and um, my daughter was, she's my fire child, Um, and she was, you know, very frustrated with me about something, and she looks at me, and she says, "Mommy, I don't like you, and I don't want you here right now, or something like that. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I was exhausted, and I looked at her, and I said, well, maybe I'll die tomorrow, and you won't have to worry about me anymore.
3: And I, oh.
2: <laughs> I looked up, and my husband and his eyes were huge like saucers. He was I mean, I could tell his eyes were like, are you kidding me? Like, that's not you. What, what's happening? So he looks at me, and he says, um, mommy's going to go take a nap right now uh, because she needs a break. <laughs> and it was one of those things where when I reflected on it, I could absolutely see it before it was coming. Like, it was one of those moments where – I was like, you know, I could see, I felt tired. My body felt tired. Um, Whenever, you know, she would stay, like I could tell my fuse was short. Mm
3: -hmm. And it was one of
2: those things where reflecting on it, being aware of myself and being aware of the moment, I probably, I could have headed it off. You know, I think my exhaustion sort of got in the way. But then, you know, Mm -hmm. later on I went back and I repaired. But, you know, I say all that to say that we don't always, circumnavigate. We don't always get around things. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes we say things and we do things that we later go, oh, but that's just really great information because I was able to reflect and say, all right, I know exactly what was going on and I'm going to do different next time. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: So
1: very important. Mm -hmm. And it's also a teaching moment too of, you know, as, as adults we make mistakes. And mm-hmm. and that it gives you a, an opportunity to um, apologize to mm-hmm. um, you know to talk about what happens when we're not in tune with ourselves and not listening to the energy that we have inside you know
3: exactly.
1: the, yeah the the way that we're feeling and then because um, then we're just talking uh, from whatever that energy is
2: yeah we're talking from it as opposed to for Mm -hmm. it exactly and it was interesting because my son came running in the room and he was like mommy you can't die and I said hey you know what that was mommy's mistake I'm so I'm sorry (laughs) mommy's not dying you know it was just Uh I I shouldn't have gone there it was a bad way to respond mommy made a bad choice
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, right. And like you
2: said, it's okay to do that. It's okay. I mean, I think I should be apologizing to my kids, you know. You know, we all should. We all should be able. And that wasn't something I was raised to do. Um, like, adults mm-hmm. were always right. Kids were always mm-hmm. wrong. Um, right. You know, so, yes, totally and agree. Then,
1: yeah, and so many things are also just passed on programs that you grow up with that you don't mm-hmm. even realize is still sitting inside of you and it just phew, comes out. Exactly. So,
3: exactly. Yeah.
1: So, you know, one so, of the things okay. that I wanted to like, and you know, I know I'm not the only person that grew up this way or, or parented this way because I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't uh, woken up yet spiritually. And I was so stuck in my head um, and unaware uh, that, and I grew up where my parents didn't play with us and do things really uh we just my my parents did clean or did whatever they needed to do, and we were kind of left on our own to keep occupy ourselves, so yeah. you know in parenting i i didn't know how to play with my kids. I didn't I didn't even know how to relate to them because I never had that parent-child relation uh growing up. So uh so there's all of these things going on at the time that you're just not aware of yet at the same time you long to be such a good parent but um uh, becoming present is so so important um mm-hmm. and making that happen because you can't connect you can't connect right. with your child or anybody else if you're not present mhm it's so true it's so
2: true you know and that's why with the elemental living model we really embed that into the process because that presence and that awareness is so key um You know, and again, it's not about being perfect. It really is not about being perfect and getting it all right. It's just about being aware of what is, you know, and then making Mm -hmm. a choice about what you want to do with that information. Um, And that's where, perfect segue, um, the awareness of the metaphor comes in. You know, as I said earlier, um, it's hard for us to access all that parenting knowledge, all the parenting books and the parenting blogs when we, are in those high-stress moments because our brain just isn't wired for us to be able to do that under stressful moments. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not, not, I'm not saying ditch parenting books and blogs. I think they're, they're very good, and this is a great way to embed them into our minds in terms of what we want to do. Um, so there's this quote by um, Orson Scott Card that says, metaphors have a way of holding the most truth in the least space. And I love that because I really, I really believe that that works. That that
3: that, mm-hmm. that sort of
2: works throughout this model. So the first thing I always say is when we think about the elements—earth, air, fire, and water. You know, I always ask, like, what do you think about? So when you think about earth, Deb, what comes to your mind? What types of words and thoughts come to your mind?
1: Uh, grounding.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: that you know, uh, that sturdy, strong.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, solid.
2: Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Grounding, sturdy, strong, solid. Yes. Yes. A lot of things. I I hear all of those. Order and growth and things like that. So when you hear air, what types of thoughts or, or ideas, words come to your
1: mind? Um, like fluffy, airy uh, clouds. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, a feather, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just very, very light, light mm-hmm. type of feelings. Exactly. Light, um, wispy, a
2: lot of times I get like mm-hmm. playful, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. The other thing about air, um, on a metaphysical level, air also represents thoughts. So like mm-hmm. when you look in different scriptures, you'll talk about birds and things like that. that. That represents thoughts as well. Okay, and what about water?
1: Water to me is soothing and uh, it's calming, it's cleansing, it's purifying.
3: Uh
2: Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Flow, movement, compassion, emotion, soothing, Mm -hmm. calming, different things, exactly. And what about fire?
1: Fire uh, could be passion, or mm-hmm. I guess it could be anger, mm-hmm. uh, force, mm-hmm. but um, I think it could be both sides of, of that coin of it being what we would call negative or positive, but I think it could be, um, you know, passion is mm-hmm. is fire.
2: Exactly, exactly. you you nailed it. Yes. The passion, the energy, anger, force. Yes. So, you know, anybody who can relate to the elements, um, who understands the elements, which is pretty much everyone who lives on earth um, can work this model. That's the beautiful thing about it because those ideas are already embedded. So for an example, um, if my, you know, if we think about a tantrum, a child throwing a tantrum, you know, the kicking and the screaming and the yelling and crying and all of that stuff, um, and just the anger, what element would you say that that child is symbolizing in that moment?
1: I would say that would be fire.
2: Yeah, 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 I definitely agree. So thinking from a reactionary stance, what, do you, what, what feels like a reaction that a lot of parents may bring to that child in terms of type of another, if you think about it elementally,
1: Mm-hmm. What I, would I would say,
3: like.
1: yeah, fire. And I know that when, when I'm not, when you know, when I was parenting, you know, it would be easy to get angry and yell because that's what also I experienced growing up is, you know, being told I shouldn't cry or why am I... Why am I crying? Why am I doing this? Why am I acting this way? Um, you shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. You're gonna get grounded, you need to stop it. Exactly, so,
2: exactly. Yeah. Nailed it. So yeah, and you're right. A lot of us bring that that fire. You know, even with my daughter, you know, a few months ago, you know, that was that fire reaction. I was exhausted she's just like, well, are fine then, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. So yes.
2: So if you think about that, child is fire We bring fire. What does that, just on an intuitive level, what might that create?
1: Oh, everything blows up. It's like a volcano.
3: (laughs) A much bigger fire. Exactly. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Things are melted. It's like, what?
3: (laughs) So, if you think
2: about it, so that's in terms of, of reaction. If you think about it in terms of intuitive action, so you have this fire. From an intuitive action standpoint, what do you bring to fire if you want it, if you want to calm it? I, w- I would bring water. Exactly, water. And so, like we said earlier, water represents that calm, that soothe, that, um, that, that compassion, right? So in yeah. the moment when we're on fire, it is really, really hard to access this idea of Calm and soothing and compassion, you know. But if you think about it from an elemental perspective, like, oh, this child is on fire. Oh, water. Okay. Um, Emotion, compassion, right? So all of these things start to flood in in terms of what we can bring symbolically Mm -hmm. to the situation, which Mm -hmm. is that water if you bring water to a tantruming child, what might that look like? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I totally didn't I didn't want you on this, but Yeah, you are. I know. it's okay. But see people will know we did not we did not script this. No.
1: We did so not. What might you
2: what what might that look like for you? Just in just you don't have to have like specifics, but if you just think about it
1: What might bringing Uh, water
2: to that fire child
1: look like? Yeah, it would be probably understanding that they were under a lot of stress at that moment and Mm -hmm. that they were having a difficult time coping uh, with their feelings. And Mm -hmm. so I would want to be calm Mm -hmm. and let them know Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's okay. Um, Mm Okay that I'd really like to understand more of what they're feeling.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, like, I guess I could, if they're not ready, I could tell them that they can come back to me after they, their meltdown is over mm-hmm. <laughs> and that I can't, that I can't wait to hear, you know, what what's happening, that I understand more mm-hmm. to, to help them, you know, process through what they were feeling. Right, right.
2: No, that's perfect. You know, and and you kept saying understanding, understanding. And you know, if you read all the parenting books, what it says is, um, you you bring empathy. You know that mm-hmm. understanding that you're talking about, but it can be really hard to access. <laughs> <laughs> empathy, what? You know. So yeah. so often, what I get from parents is, okay, that's great. Maybe I can think about that. You know, there's fire, I bring water, but what if I don't want to? You know, what if I'm so on fire that I just don't want to bring water in that moment? You know, and again, mm-hmm. I praise that. I'm, I love hearing that because what mm-hmm. that tells me is you're aware. You're aware mm-hmm. that I can't bring water in this moment. You mm-hmm. know, and I tell my, I talk to my children from an elemental perspective, you know, so if, if my daughter's having a meltdown and my son is sort of, you know, poking at her or something, you know, if he opens his mouth, I'll say bring water or bring nothing at all. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I tell parents that if you can't bring the water, don't bring anything. I remember Mm -hmm. there was a time where my daughter was having a meltdown and it was one of those like five alarm fire dealios where it's just like, you just have to ride the wave. And sometimes you just have to do that. You know, when their Mm -hmm. brain, the fire in this leg of the model, in the personal leadership portion, it represents something a little different, but in the, in the parenting portion, it's also indicative of where our brains are. Our brains mm-hmm. are shut down, right? <laughs> like our frontal mm-hmm. lobes, excuse me, are shut down. Um, and I remember my daughter, she was just five alarm over the moon. And I remember I was like, there's nothing I can do in this moment. So I literally sat down on the floor, which she calls crisscross applesauce, they call it in her school, and just opened my arms on my legs, and I sat there and I just looked at her.
3: Mm -hmm. And I didn't say
2: anything. And for me, what I was doing was I was basically holding the space for her and for me. Because Mm -hmm. I realized I can't access water right now. And anything I say is not going to be helpful.
3: Mm -hmm. So I
2: just basically sat there. And it was so precious. Because at one point, I remember she looked at me and she said, she was about four. And she said, Mommy, I just can't stop crying. You know." And it was like, aww. Like, you know, and for me, that brought water forth in me because Mm -hmm. I feel, I remembered, like, you're not doing this on, oh, like, you're struggling, too. Okay. Right. So that allowed me to access water in that moment. But there have been times where it's still been difficult, you know, and just sitting there, offering your presence. Right. That's bringing water not only to your child but to yourself and being compassionate for yourself.
1: Right, holding a space, yeah, mm-hmm. and something i I use now, just in trying to interact with my own self and and others <laughs> <laughs> is remembering that you know if I'm not in a space of love, mm-hmm. then I'm in my ego mm-hmm.
3: if i'm if I'm
1: getting triggered, I am in my ego, and that that has nothing to do with the loving being that I am or that we all are.
3: Mm-hmm. And so
1: if my ego got triggered, then, you know, but this this does take practice of being the um, observer inside yourself.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's, so it takes a lot of practice to be the observer and say, okay, what is going on inside of me right now? What just got triggered? Um, because most things are not being done to us. Like right. your daughter's meltdown was not for your purposes. It was it was her. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. Know?
3: Absolutely.
1: And I think it it wasn't about it,
3: me. Mhm.
1: Right. And I think at parenting, sometimes we think our kids are doing things purposely to bug us or get us upset or that they don't care when they're just going through their own stuff.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's a primary question that I always tell any parent I work with. And if Everybody listening, if that's the one thing that you can take away, is when your child is doing something that you don't agree with or that is frustrating or triggering you, the first question you always ask is what is the purpose of this behavior? Because what that does is it takes it away from being purposeful. It's about you, personal. It takes Mm -hmm. it away from being personal. Because one of the founding assumptions of this model is that all behavior is purposeful, even if we don't agree with the purpose. Mm
3: -hmm. All behavior
2: is purposeful. You know, and so for me, like with my daughter's meltdown, she, um, it was, the reason why it started was because she wanted to play a game. We do this thing at night called bedtime fun time. And if um, they get three options, and one of them is to play electronics and every third night. And she, they ran out of time, you know, and my son was like, all right, you know, all right, fine, I'm going to bed. Well, she didn't like that and she melted down, you know. So being able to look at what's the purpose of this, it really was she was disappointed. She mm-hmm. was um, angry. She was sad. You know, all of these things. And those are all emotions I can relate to. When you really mm-hmm. focus on the purpose of someone's behavior, you can find water in that space because you can realize, like, oh, I've been there too. I understand that. Right? Right. So that can give you even an inlet or an access point. The other thing that per- searching for purpose does is it forces you to go into your head.
0: So mm-hmm.
2: it, it it triggers that air element <laughs> of mm-hmm. logic and thought and, and starts to, you know, it sort of like jumpstarts your frontal lobe to turn mm-hmm. it back on and helps you to get out of that overly emotional, um, maybe like extremely watery or fiery place that you may be in in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know so they're and really
1: I, good. Yeah and you know it's funny cuz as you're talking and and I was thinking of back back on parenting and how often you think your kids are doing something purposefully mm-hmm. um, um or that they they just don't care when it's it, it has nothing to do with that but it's also part of that victim consciousness
3: Mhm you know that, that I'm being, I'm
1: yeah, I'm being victimized, you know, by my child or whatever. Um, I think I think that stuff is so sneaky; it comes in all different places.
3: Right.
2: No, no, you're right. You're you're right. You know, and I think when we start to realize that, you know, it's it's not about us, which is something it's really hard to realize. It's like mm-hmm. in all walks of life, because it's so easy to say things so personally. Mm-hmm. It is for me.
3: You know, when we're able
2: to realize something is not about us, it really does relieve some of the pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. Another example that I often give, I was working with this mom who um, she she gave her kid, like, goldfish crackers. (laughs) And um, the daughter, she would say, um, the daughter would go over and she would throw the goldfish in the trash can. And the mom was like, um, you know, don't do that. Don't throw the goldfish away. And the daughter turned and looked at her and picked up a hand of goldfish, looking at her, uh-huh. put her hand over the trash can and opened her hand. And I was like, oh, you uh-huh. know, like I'm going to look you in the eye and still defy type of moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was interesting because in that moment, you know, when, when, when mom was processing it, she said, well, in that moment she was like, you know, we processed this, and in that moment, she was, like, hard earth, right? Very stern, mm-hmm. very, like, this is what I'm going to do. And really, in that moment, it's hard to see, like, what do you mean it wasn't about her? She looked her right in the eye. And, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes, when we become hard earth, like, no, and we and the, which is more word that defiant space, what it mm-hmm. really is about is it's about power. And right? mm-hmm. so in that moment, her daughter felt a need to claim power. And so in that moment, a lot of times what we bring as parents is we either bring fire and we attempt to scorch the earth or (laughs) we bring hard earth, right? Mm -hmm. So you have these two, like, you're going to do what I said. Give me those. We're not, you know, we're going home right No, no, you know, and then Mm -hmm. the child breaks down even more into fire and we're back right where we started. Um, But what we talked about, and it was so interesting because what um, we talked about Her doing was um, in that moment when our children are harder in that defiant space. It can be really hard, but one thing that you can do, if you think about Earth, like what softens Earth, if you think about the elements, what are some things, what can soften Earth or move Earth?
1: I'm asking you. (laughs) Hmm. I was thinking water can loosen it or make it harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess air might be the only other thing. Mm-hmm. No, you're
2: right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So you see how you are able to sort of tap into that? Like, oh, yeah. some water, some air. You know, and what water does is if we put water on hard earth, it absolutely loosens it. It absolutely softens it. So mm-hmm. instead of bringing more hard earth, which is, you know, you have two rocks, you're banging together, you bring water. You know, so what that might look like in that situation with that little girl is, you know, saying like, wow, you know, um, I just told you that and and you're still putting them in the trash can. It seems like you're really frustrated right now or Mm -hmm. something's going on right now. Can you use your words and tell me what's happening? You know, Mm -hmm. and so being able to acknowledge that there is an emotion under there. So it really Mm -hmm. still is not about you. So like, right. you can ask, like, what's the purpose of this? You know, and one of the things that I was processing with this mom, she said, well, you know, it was interesting because um, our schedule got thrown off that day, and there was something that she really wanted to do that she couldn't do. And she was really disappointed about it. And I, I, I didn't really acknowledge it. I was just like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it later. You know, and so I think she was feeling a little off that day. And so the other thing, you know, you mentioned air, which is also – a good thing. Um, Oh, but before I mention the air, the other thing is, so bringing water, being empathic. The other thing is bringing softened earth. So Mm -hmm. what softened earth looks like is what, what you see in a lot of the parenting books is um, kind, but firm. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can say, um, we're not going to, the goldfish don't belong in the trash can. The goldfish belong in our mouth. So you can either, put the goldfish in, the mouth, in your mouth, or we're going to put the goldfish in mommy's purse. Which do you choose? Right? So it's holding that limit, right, mm-hmm. and giving a choice, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to say, like, I'm not going to fight you here. I'm not going to enter into a deep power struggle pit with you. But mm-hmm. we are going to sit here and we are going to talk about, you know, I'm going to hold this limit. The goldfish are not going into the trash can. You know, I'm not about permissive parenting. I'm not about, like, well, she just felt that – at that moment, that's where they need, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the goldfish don't belong in the trash can. They belong mm-hmm. in your mouth or in my purse. Which do you choose?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, another
2: option would be to air, like you mentioned. So air, I like to think of air. It's that logic. Um, it's also playfulness, right, like with speed, mm-hmm. visualization, all of that. So another thing that we talked about was making a game out of it. I love games. I don't know how Mm -hmm. many put-on-your-shoe games I've made with my kids when they didn't want to put their shoes on in the morning. But, you know, Uh bring air to Earth because air moves mountains, right? Right? It it blows. It it wears things a little bit. It moves them. So one thing we talked about was, um, like, hey, um, I see you want to throw the goldfish. Hey, why don't you – can you throw it in my mouth? Here, let's see if you can make it in my mouth. I'm going to try to move Mm -hmm. and and catch them. You throw them in my mouth.
3: You know, Mm -hmm. and it was
2: interesting because I talked to her – um, the next time I talked to her, her daughter was throwing the goldfish. She wasn't throwing them in the trash can at the time. But she was, like, throwing them across the room or something like that. And she said, I did that. I went over, and I was like, I see if you can throw them in my mouth. And they had this great, fun experience <laughs> mm-hmm. where they
3: had this
2: fun game. And it established a connection between them, right? So, again, it's about bringing that, that playfulness can also move the earth and make it less hard.
1: Right, the humor will take the right. edge off of. Um, so, so, I guess humor would be an air quality. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely, definitely. And you know, it's again, it's going from reactions to inspired actions.
3: Mhm. So I like that.
2: Way that we can talk about how we do that. Now, the elemental living model also contains other elements, you know, in terms of I like um, making, like, proactive plans. So if you realize that your child is doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's time for a proactive plan. It's time for a plan on what can I do before this happens so that we can head this off and teach a different way because ultimately that's what we want to do. We want to be able to teach and we want to be able to model. And when we're bringing earth you know, softened earth, when we're bringing water, when we're bringing air, what we're basically doing is we're modeling the things that we want our children to experience. So developing proactive plans also helps to bring that confidence. The other thing is so there's proactive plans and then there's present moment plans. And the present moment plans are very helpful for when we're in the moment and we don't know what to do. Right, And I use certain visualization exercises to help parents that I work with come up with those plans. Because I can give you 15 things to do, but at the end of the day, these have to be things that you access.
3: So we mm-hmm. can use
2: your own your way of being um, as well as the elemental living model and the elements to figure out what's going to be the best way to frame this so that you can access it in the moment and use it.
3: And then mm-hmm. we also
2: come up with, like, reflective and, um, um, oh, what's the word? Reflective and reparative plans.
1: So, mm-hmm. you know, when
2: certain things happen, when we don't do as well as we want, how can we deal with ourselves? How can we show compassion and care for ourselves? And then also how can we repair things with the people that we love in our lives?
0: Mm-hmm. And then how can
2: we use that as a teaching moment to, to do things differently and better the next time? Um, so you know that, and that sort of gets starts to get into some of the personal leadership stuff too, which again, that's that's a whole another show in and of itself. But it's really about using the elements to help us be able to lead ourselves in a way that feels good and allows us to get to the highest place that we can reach in that moment and respond from that place.
3: Hmm.
1: And so, is and that's using the elements as well. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Yes.
2: That's also using the elements. And with, with the, from the parenting perspective, you know, it really is important. You know, that's when we get back into that awareness of self piece. You know, it's mm-hmm. really important that we're able to lead ourselves. If we can't lead ourselves, it's going to be really hard to lead our families.
3: So mm-hmm. that's why
2: I think that that personal leadership piece is super important. Um, you know, and even with the proactive plans, there's also um, an element of focusing on, How can we not only do things to head off behaviors that we don't like to see, but also how can we structure things in our lives so that we nurture each of these elements in our children, you know? So with
3: water, Mm -hmm. water's
2: that connection, that empathy. Even when nothing's going on, when am I going to connect with my child this week? How am I going to connect with my child this week? I have a free ebook on my website, um, drlwillis.com, that deals with the earth, you know, that hardened earth piece. Like, um, how can I allow my child to feel power in different areas of his or her life? Because when they feel power, they don't have to fight for it,
3: mm-hmm. right? So
2: as parents, if we can power share, then we don't have to power struggle later,
3: right? Mm-hmm. So
2: it's a whole, like, page ebook on with activities and appendices because most people don't have time to read, <laughs> you know, that you can just look it up um, and see, like, all right, what's a good way for me to start doing this, you know? Um, again, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, fire's not bad. You know, in those mm-hmm. moments when it's being um, willed through our reptilian brain, it can feel very overwhelming. But there are, very, there are a lot of great things about fire, too. There's will mm-hmm. and passion and desire, you know, and we don't want to completely eliminate or squash our children's will, because that could lead to, I think, you know, one example that I always give is the father that I spoke to about who wanted his child just to listen to him. because so I just want my daughter to listen to him, listen to me. And I took him to this visualization exercise where um, I, I told him to imagine his daughter, you know, she was like five or six at the time. I said, imagine her at 16 or 16 in the back of a car with some guy, you know. Um, do you want that child who's able to consciously direct her will or, you know, and say what she wants and what she needs and then what she doesn't want and need in that moment? Or do you want the girl in the backseat who learns that I have to listen to what males tell me to do, you know, and just sort of submits? And he was like, well, barring my need to be in the backseat of that car with a shotgun, I guess I'd want the fiery child to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really not about, you know, it's about helping our So, like, this is a skillful way, we use that word a lot, a skillful way to direct this fire within you versus an unskillful or ineffective way that will ultimately not get you what you want.
1: Right. There's some skillful
2: ways to do that.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at that is fe- and feeling good about the skills that you're learning as a parent and being able to execute them. But it's also mm-hmm. about reframing like you just did for this person is reframing the situation of maybe what a parent is looking for is not really the best thing for that child. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are yeah. all wonderful, wonderful um, things. Uh, that are great tools for parents to know now we have about three minutes left this went very Mm -hmm. very quickly as usual you were talking about how fast time goes (laughs) seriously oh my god yeah yeah so i don't know what you want to take the last three minutes to wrap up to say whatever you would like to about this um, model that you have and how people could get in touch with you.
2: Absolutely. So, um, yes, if you want to get in touch with me, my website is doctor, that's D R L as in ladybug, Willis, W I L L I S.com. And on there, if you want to work with me, there's a services page that you can go on. You can do a, Uh, If you have, like, one issue or you've worked with me before, you can just get a quick button on there that you can click. Um, We can also have, like, a a 15-minute consultation for free if you want to, so we can kind of discuss how this model can be applied to you in your life. Um, And uh, I was going to say something else, but it completely flew out. So, yes, just visit my website if you have any more questions. I would love to hear from you.
1: Mm -hmm. And can you tell um, everybody about your book?
2: Oh, yeah, sure. So I have a spiritual children's book called MyForgottenSelf.com. And it is a book about a little girl whose uh, dreams were discouraged by some very well-intentioned adults in her life. They were trying to protect her. Um, But she has this this mystical encounter with a being named I Am. And I did not make that name up. And she goes on a journey where she learns that she has the power within herself to do many things and that she is valuable and that she's a treasure. So um, it's a great book. Um, people often say, uh, I say that it's a great book because, because it was a divine download. Um, and so I was very it's happy a great to receive book. it. Oh, Thank you. Yeah, but <laughs> so like i awesome. talking, but it's a great book for kids and adults. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a book that I, people often say like this is a children's book, children's book for adults too. You know, so it's a great book to sit down and I think it sparks great discussion. The website for that is myforgottenself.com, but you can also learn about the book on drlwillis.com.
1: Thank you so much, Lynetta, for being here with me tonight and being able Thank to showcase you. your your new model that is sounds just wonderful and and it is more intuitive and I think it will help parents a lot. So mm. um give yeah. give Lynetta a call or check out her website and uh visit and see what she does because uh I think she has some great ideas and tools to help in parenting. Yes, please, please give me a call. Thank you, Deb. Mm -hmm. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. I feel so blessed and honored. It's such a privilege to be to bring our listeners, all of my guest hosts, to Angel Heart Radio. Everyone I've interviewed has brought so much love and wisdom to all of us and for that I am very grateful to be part of this beautiful sacred space. Thank you, Anaya. And when in doubt, never underestimate the power of prayer. You are being listened to and heard throughout the universe, and it always responds with infinite and eternal love. Remember to go inside and listen through your heart for the whispers of heaven. I love you, and God bless you.
0: You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. You can check out who's on, when we're on, and who our guests are at angelheartradio.com Everything is there. It's all just one click away. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools to help you in your life and your life experience. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views expressed by hosts, co-hosts, callers, guests and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.